Um, so, I should introduce myself, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay, so once again, I am, right? I am a manager data analytics with Octave, Octave um, Analytics. Octave Analytics is a data analytics firm here in Lagos. And um, we have um, various clients in telecommunications, financial industry, insurance, and the likes. So we've handled real data. We've worked with real data in their millions, not yet in their billions, <laughs> but transactional data, <laughs> but in their millions. So it, it's been very interesting um, analyzing this data. Um, so I, I I would just I would just veer off a little and talk about data so yeah. that people will understand the perspective I'm coming from. Exactly. So data is everywhere, and we are all um, stakeholders of data. We generate data like per second, yeah. like on the move. Yes. In fact, you're standing, you're waking, you're sleeping <laughs> is generating data. Let me give you an example. For instance, um, on your Android phone, mm -hmm. you would notice that sometimes you get an update that um, would you like to, like a nudge. I had to turn it off at some point on my phone, like to remind you that you wake up 5 a.m., something like that, or you're ready to go to work, something like so. That's to tell you that once your GPS or your Wi-Fi or your internet is on, some tools on your phone is gathering data about you that you're generating. Yes, yeah. When you're moving, when you're walking, and you have um, some um, app on your phone, like some health um, app on your phone, it could tell you the number of kilometers or the number of steps, yes, even the number of steps that you have walked. That's to tell you that you have generated that data too about yourself. You're sending messages. You're, so it, 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 it's, it's an understanding of what data is really. Data is just everywhere and everything. So before now, maybe we saw it in a different way, but now we just need to understand that data is everything all around us, about us, with us, <laughs> but data is not good anyway. Data is just <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> okay, so now there are different kinds of data, and we can categorize this data into different forms. We have um, the structured data, yeah, which are those kinds of data that you you can you can you can structure it just like the way the name sounds, like you can. You can put them into boxes, like, okay, this data is well-defined. Yes, let me put yeah. it that way. Data that are well-defined, yes. Those are structured data. Then you have uh, unstructured data. Unstructured data. Before now, we didn't know that pictures were data. Images, yeah, exactly. they are yes. also data, and they yes, fall... Yes they fall under the category of unstructured data. Things mm -hmm. like images, your videos. You'll be so surprised. In fact, the first time I said uh, learning about images and computer vision, 
I, I was so amazed to understand that so images can be broken down into zeros and ones. And that's just what makes it data. You know, images, images is a um, combination of colors. These colors, you can separate it into layers. That's what computer vision is about. It separates images into layers of um, primary colors, RGB. Yeah. Those are, they call it like, um, um, is it, um, no, I'm trying to, like three layer. Mm -hmm. You understand? Yeah, separate it into three layers of RGB and then separate each layer into um, columns and rows. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Do you, okay, I'm just trying to break down computer vision into the nitty gritty of it. And now they now, based on the shade of each pixel, a pixel is like a cell in your Excel. So based on the shade, color shade of each pixel, they, they, you now begin to assign it's into values of zeros and ones. That's just computer vision in a layman sense. Yeah. But that's to make you understand that unstructured data, uh, your images, your videos, video streaming is a collection of myriads of images. Yeah. So that, that's also data as well. Yeah. And um, videos, those are unstructured data, audio, You'd be so surprised to see that you can stream audios into 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 like a line graph to tell you that okay, uh, these are the highs, these are the lows. So those are data. So it, it, it appears like it's not data, but in the real sense of it, it is data. That's why it's called unstructured. And then we have the semi-structured ones. The semi-structured ones are mainly like your social media data, your XML data. So it appears like it's not structured initially, but when you analyze it further, you can make it structured. That's why it's called semi-structured data. So those are the three major forms of data. Now, coming back to real-world data, you have this kind of data everywhere, but the one that is uh, the low-hanging fruit amongst these three data that you would easily find and you would easily gain access to in many enterprise organization is the structured data. Yeah. Now the structured data is in databases, is in, um, is, is in um, data archives and is collection from customer transactions, collections from clients data and things like that. So that is why it seems as if big data, when you get into the enterprise world, is to a large extent about structured data, but it does not end there. So I'm driving, I'm trying to drive home to a point. Now, you must have good grasps of how to work with structured data. You must have great understanding of databases for you to scale properly in enterprise environment. Now, having an understanding of databases is also um, as um, granular as having understanding of things like your Excel. That's why sometimes you will be 
you'll be told to try to, you know, learn some basic things and know them very well. Understand your Excel properly, understand things like your SQL properly, understand how to work with um, um, tables, relational tables, your scripting, your select. This is what makes all of this important. Of course, it does not end there. But for you to be able to work as a data analyst, a data scientist, or a data, someone who deals with data in an enterprise environment where you will get paid, then you must have a good grasp of how to work with structured data. Now, you can't boast of yourself being a data scientist or a machine learning expert or a data analyst if it ends at structured data. You must also be able to do web scraping or to be able to get semi-structured data to add more value or to bring out more insights from your structured data. Mm -hmm. So it's it's, it's like an order. Structured data you must, that's like the nitty-gritty, that's where it starts from. Structured data, semi-structured data, add semi-structured data to it, your social, um, your do like um, your social media data, your Twitter, um, web scraping and things like that, and be able to analyze it. And semi-structured data even enhances the um, structured data. Then lastly, you can also do the unstructured data, like your um, um, images, your videos, your, your, your emails, be able to analyze that. But I would rather ad, um, advise people to start from the structured data to the semi-structured and to the unstructured. Because many people have asked me many a times that, how do I try to even get into this field of data science, data science? Sometimes I don't even know because Many of them have been, you know, cajoled, let me know, or, or, or not cajoled, let me say they've been enticed mm-hmm. with machine learning, with Python, exactly. yeah. with that. But <laughs> you, you might get lost in the, in the, in the dark. Mm, like you that. can just take it step by step. Before you get, because the, the, the likes of Python, the likes of um, computer vision, the likes of um, machine learning, they are very, very good for your semi-structured and unstructured. But why not start from understanding the very basis, the structured data? It, it will go a very, very, um, um, it will go a long way, helping you to um, secure a, a good job and yeah. you know positioning you properly as a data analyst. Okay, okay so, so okay, go ahead, man. Um, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I diverted a little. Working with data for back as more than ten years ago, yeah. I think I've always been fascinated working with data. I started my career as a programmer. I have background in computer science. Wow. What and, are you studying um, after computer science. Wow. Sorry, computer science. Computer science and economics to be precise from OE. Oh, nice. So you drew away the economics. 
Hello, my Eh? <laughs> we must do business now to get this. <laughs> okay, so um, after school, I got uh, I got a job as a programmer, a software developer in a startup firm. So I worked there for like some three to four years. Then was programming in db.net to be very Ooh. precise. So I want to see what you is anybody still programming VB again? Um, <laughs> I don't hear VB example, anymore. Example, VB, example, VB has some. been thrown to the bin. <laughs> some okay, <laughs> macros. Yeah. <laughs> Excel macros. That's true. Anyways, uh, it's it's interesting though having having um a mind that can program a programmable mind. It's not about the two. Yeah. It's about your flexibility of knowing how to how to program. I think that's a good thing it has done for me. So for me, there is really no programming language that I don't I can't pick if I have interest in wanting to do it. So um, I did that for a couple of years, and then I went into where um, did I go to after. Okay, yeah, then I got a job into a bank as an application developer too. Then I started programming in C Sharp. Wema Bank. Wema Bank. So I, I was in Wema Bank for a while and then left for a oil and gas servicing firm as an application support person. I was helping them with some in-house application and some clients application. And then they were also using a tool that I don't know if any one of you have heard about it, Alpha 5. Alpha 5 is also an ID, is a programming platform, but makes programming easy because it was just a rapid application development platform. You just drag and drop your tools. And with it, you can create mobile app, you can create web app and all that. So I did Alpha 5 too with that. So you see that's like three different platforms, VB, C Sharp, Alpha 5. <laughs> nice. So I left for Stambik from there as a programmer in C Sharp. You'll find all this on LinkedIn. Do I need to be, do you, you need me to give you the details? Or I should just delve into... <laughs> So I should just delve into it's all part of the story, man. It's data, all part of the story. data science rule. No, no, it's just all part of the story, man. Okay. It's all part of the story. So we know how you actually got it. And thanks for mentioning all these tools. Because those tools are actually crucial. You get it's actually really crucial. So you see that you have you first had a developer background, which actually made you or which actually is like you have an edge over people without a uh, develop uh, without a developing background. Is that true, ma'am? Yes, yes, yes. So that that helped, but that does not mean that you you can't um, forge ahead yes, without having a developing background. But as you go on in the world of data analysts, data scientists, at some point you might pick that up, as most especially if you want to get to start deploying your 
your your models yeah you need and it's either you need the services of a programmer or you yourself take it upon yourself to um, write a program to develop your model to put it up into an app that somebody else can use that other people can use so that's where it all comes in in fact there's there's in the near future there's going to be a convergence of big data of uh, machine learning and of programming of software development because that that's where it all makes meaning and when you hear things like full stack developer role then they are looking for somebody who has an idea that can do everything yeah. that's why they call it full stack so that's so having a programming mind helps but that does not um make you you know think that oh because i'm not a programmer or i don't have um, um background in software development or computer science and i can't do much no you can do much but adding that to it will just you know make your pace much faster and make make it easy for you to have good grasp of anything that is being presented to you Okay, so to cut the long story short, I had the programming background and I'm happy I did. And um, I also had the data background because when programming, you have to, you know, be able to fetch your data from the database. I was more of a web application developer, so I was interfacing with um, databases at the back, at the, at the back end. So I, I was doing a lot of scripting to a lot of SQL. I was heavy on SQL. So you need to be, so when, when I was coming into the world of data science, I, I, I didn't know I would take that along with me, but at some point I was not like, ah, okay, so this is what data and data and data is all about. As I began to you know, understand it uh, more and more. So I was like, okay, so I've even been doing data analysis, analysis even back then, unknowingly, now it has come to full light, to come to a better understanding to say that, okay, yeah, so all that I've been doing before now is also data analysis. So um, I decided to leave the bank and then go full, full time into data science role with Octave Analytics, like about a year ago. So I joined Octave Analytics, um, as a senior data scientist, and um, we've, we've been doing a lot with um, them. Um, I started um, with the project at FCMB, to be precise, and we are like the analytics team for the bank. We interface with the clients on um, various business models to create great insights for them for making business decisions. So of course, for a banking environment, what we deal mostly with is a structured data. So when people come around to get a job offer with us, what we are particular about is how well they can relate with structured data. Yeah, so what we do basically is to derive insights from this um, structured data, like um, their customers' transactions, who are those customers that are, so it starts from analysis, starts from analysis, and then it also end up into analytics. 
So analysis is like you doing exploratory data analysis on your data. You have a wide, you have millions of records staring at you. You have tons of transactions coming in, bank transactions coming into the databases like every second, every, every like, like eight to seven transactions per second eating the database. You are spooling these records, you are cleaning it up, and though structured data to some extent is um, clean, it's clean, but you still need to do some level of cleaning, some level of checks, and then you then we, we then we then restructure this data like you put it in a wide format. A wide format in the sense that what you are looking for is information on a customer. So who are these customers? You must so when when we want to do an analysis process, what we do is first of all to understand what we are trying to achieve. So what are you trying to achieve? You must be able to ask the right questions. Yeah. Now, what you're trying to achieve also depends on what the client wants you to achieve because we're working with clients in this case. So sometimes clients can come to us and tell, tell us that, okay, um, we noticed um, a, a, in our, in our, um, in our application, yesterday, can you tell us the impact of this downtime? For instance, let's say our mobile app was, was not available for like um, one hour, two hours last night. Can you tell us things like that? Or, okay, what is the health, um, health check? of our transactions over the last few months, over the last few years. Or they also want to know that who are our major customers? Who are those customers and what are they doing? You understand? So those are some of the things they want to find out from us. Those are some of the insights. Those are some of the interests they want to know. So those are some of the questions you can ask yourself about data and then you then begin to you know check on the data or what are those customers that were doing so much transactions with us before and are not doing as much as they were doing before now now sometimes if you have like um if you have records of hundreds it's easy for you to just quickly pick out on those questions but imagine when you have millions of records yeah. and you, are, you want to find out these this people from those records, then you know you have a lot of work to do. So th those are some of the interesting things that data throws at you and that you need to ask, the, ask, the, ask those questions from the data. And how do you do this? That's the next question. You do a lot of this by scripting. You do a lot of this by asking. You know, when you must be able to speak the language of data to data for data to give you results. Yeah. You're asking data questions. How is the language that you speak to data? The language you speak to data is SQL, mm -hmm. structure query language. Is it's a unified language for all data? 
yeah. you have it in different variants you have mm -hmm. it in tsql yeah. you have it in plsql yeah. but sql, SQL is sql yeah. it's just maybe different syntax changes yeah. across it so I beg of you, if you must work as a data analyst or data scientist, if you are looking for to secure a job, go and learn SQL. Yes, like, sir. go and learn it in and out. You need yes. SQL. You need SQL. So these are these these are the things you you know. You 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 use SQL to to fetch your data from your data sources. You use SQL to harmonize your data from different data sources. So imagine your client has various databases and various um, applications that is churning out data, and they need you to fetch data from these various um, applications and make out insights from them. You need SQL to be able to do that. Then aside selecting or fetching your data, you also need SQL to be able to transform your data into the way, into a way that it can give you results. Yeah. Now in transforming your data, your a most common way is um, making wide your, your data. You could check up on Google wide tables, wide tables. What is white tables? What is it about? White tables is just a way of rearranging your data in such a way that it can easily give you the answers. Mm -hmm. Now, on transactional table, what you find is um, records per transaction to say, okay, um, um, at so, so time, customer bought um, so 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 product at this amount um, insights about transactions alone you're also interested in giving out insights about customers okay let me give you guys a um, a quick nugget now when analyzing data you must first for be able to identify your subjects what are your subjects what are what are what are your okay so if i will relate that to machine learning i'll call it what are your dependent variables now when when you're when you're when you're doing when you're creating a model or when you're creating an insight there's a dependent variable and then there are several independent variables independent variables are variables that can on their own give information but dependent variables are um, you give information on dependent variables using independent variables i think that's that's the way i can answer it okay, okay. i hope it's clear Yes. Okay, if so it's not clear, the same please way. Ask your questions, though. sorry, man. If it's not clear, please ask your questions so we can throw in more light.